Well, it's so good to have you here this morning. We've already had a great start to our morning and just so appreciate what we have observed already. And uh, we're just so glad to have you here. A picture is worth a thousand words. Ever heard that statement before? I'm sure you've all come across that somewhere uh, in your lifetime. It really is an old English adage uh, that has its origins actually in China. I'm going to show you a picture of that in just a minute, in the 1920s, and uh, meaning that complex and sometimes multiple ideas can be conveyed by a single image, which conveys its meaning or essence more effectively than a mere verbal description. Well, let me unfold that a little bit for you and show you some pictures. A picture is worth a thousand words. Let's look at this first one. Some of you are very familiar with this, right? USS Arizona site, where that boat went down during the Pearl Harbor attack. And then the the hill at Iwo Jima in the Philippines, where that flag was placed. I'm told when you go to these kinds of memorials, and I've been to a few of them, that there is an amazing quietness and peace when you're standing there. You can hardly hear a thing. It's interesting, isn't it? A picture paints a thousand words or tells us a thousand words. Here's the next one. How about that? Is that, do you resonate with that? I love kids and I love what they get into. Okay, we've got a one-year-old in our family right now and she's just beginning to walk behind things and, and now mom, every time we're on the phone with mom, she goes, where are you? You know, she's looking for Shiloh. She's off somewhere, uh, busy doing something. But certainly that elicits some thoughts in your mind, right? The preciousness of children and uh, some of the things that they do and get into. And it's amazing how a child can make adults respond, isn't it? When they do something, we all gather around, think this is the greatest thing. It's like they're in control for the moment. (laughs) But it's great. Yeah, here's another one. I love boxers. Uh, We've had a couple over the years in our home, and uh, especially when we were living in southern Africa, they were great guard dogs. The only difference was that most people didn't know that as soon as they walked in the door or you walked in the gate, they ran for the ball, went over on their back and you know, showed their belly and just wanted to play. Uh, that's all it was. But this is actually a painting that's been done. And I'm sure that as you look at that, that, that would elicit some thoughts and give you some things to think about. Here's another one. For those who are artsy here, anybody recognize this painting? It's a Van Gogh. Right? One of his famous, uh, famous paintings, uh, The Starry Night. And uh, he was an Impressionist painting, a painter in the, eight, in the 1800s, and uh, he, he painted that one night. Beautiful picture, eliciting some thoughts in our minds about a starry night. Uh, here's another one. Look at it carefully. <laughs> right? That's usually the way it is, right? If you have a house full of dogs that are big, and you have a cat or a small dog, the small ones usually make up for their size, right? Usually, that's what happens. And uh, they become in charge. Here's another one for you. This takes me back to my childhood days. I remember doing this with buddies all the time, having arm wrestling. And it takes me back to a day when things were simple. And uh, I just appreciated that so much. I can remember some of those times with my friends, my good friends, uh, growing up doing these kinds of things and getting into other kinds of things as well uh, as little boys. But, and then lastly, this. Here's the, here's the actual original proverb 
that this statement comes from in in China. One picture is worth 10,000 words. That's how it started. And now we've come to the place where we just say a picture is worth a thousand words. Leonardo da Vinci once said this. He wrote that a poet would be overcome by sleep and hunger before being able to describe with words what a painter is able to depict in an instant. If you've looked at paintings, that's true. Ivan Turgenev, a famous Russian writer, once wrote in 1861, the drawing shows me at one glance what might be spread over 10 pages in a book. And then that famous military leader, Napoleon Bonaparte, once said, a good sketch is better than a long speech. (laughs) So, a picture in many respects gives us, can be worth a thousand words, maybe even more. We've been this morning together, and what we have before us really is two pictures, and we've already looked at one, two pictures that portray for us a powerful truth. And they're worth far more than a thousand words, far more than 10,000 words. The gospel, we have already seen it depicted in the pool this morning. Jesus Christ, God's Son, coming in my place to die for my sin. And we call what we're doing here this morning, both in the baptistry waters and around the Lord's table, we call these church ordinances because these are both a part of our life as a church. Jesus Christ established these for his disciples when he was here on the earth, and and they are here for us to follow and practice as followers of Christ. These pictures help us rehearse once again the fundamental elements of our faith. They are worth far more than 10,000 words because they picture for us an eternal, life-changing truth. The Lord's Supper that we're about to participate in a little bit reminds us of the Lord's death, His life now, which we share in, and His promised return. It's a reminder, a picture that our salvation is based on the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is something to remember to picture on a regular basis. We have just witnessed in our baptistry uh, a vivid picture of this eternal truth at work in the lives of those that went through the waters of baptism this morning. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and five, three through 5, we read this. Do you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. This powerful picture we had before us this morning up there is a symbol of a powerful reality that had already taken place in the lives of these individuals. Now, what they did this morning, we know, biblically, does not save them. They needed to place their faith and trust in in their Savior. But what a wonderful picture of what has already taken place. And we heard about that in their testimonies. Baptism pictures our union with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, the primary points of the gospel. Our salvation depends on his life, his death, 
his burial, his resurrection. Our forgiveness, being cleansed from sin, depends on him. Our Christian life depends on him. Our future depends on Jesus Christ. Baptism also symbolizes and pictures the death of the old self. The old person was crucified with Christ, died with him, buried with him in baptism. It also pictures our identification and obedience to Jesus Christ. Baptism is one of the ways that we publicly confess Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But then we also say to the world, we are followers of Jesus. Baptism pictures wonderful news. Wonderful news. We've been raised with Christ to live with him and for him. In him we have a new life and we're called to live in a new way. Live a new life. With him as Lord leading and guiding us from sinful ways into righteous and loving ways. Baptism reminds us that faith involves a change in the way that we live. And that we cannot do this change in and of ourselves. It's done by the power of Christ living in us. So this powerful gospel message that we saw this morning not only saves us, but it also keeps us. It helps us to live the life that Jesus wants us to live. So every time we see a baptism, this should be the picture that comes to our mind and that we come away with in our hearts and in our lives every day. Now, there's something I want you to do this morning, church, all right? I want you to take the opportunity when we're done here to go and see the individuals that were baptized this morning. Thanking them for their testimony and for their commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, helping them to walk with the Lord on a regular basis as we walk together in this life we have in Jesus. I can't help but remind, be reminded of the words to a song that I learned when I was a young believer. Uh, here they are. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We can be and we must be part of helping these individuals this morning understand the reality of those truths in their lives. And we can do that. That's why we're here. The second picture that we have this morning is that of communion, the Lord's table. And we're going to do a little singing right now. And during these songs, we're going to want you to come and uh, take one of the elements from, the, from our deacon's hands and uh, take it back to your seat and hold on to it. Communion is for those that have experienced the reality of salvation in their hearts and in their lives. And if you have not come to a place in your life where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please do not participate in this time because it really has no meaning for you. However, we are glad you're here because there is an opportunity for you to understand what we're talking about this morning. And we would welcome the opportunity to talk with you after the service and show you from the Word of God how you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. So they're going to sing two songs, and what we'd like you to do is sing the one and use the time while we're singing to contemplate, to think 
about what you're singing. And then during the second song, we're going to ask you to rise and come on over and uh, get, one of the, get one of the cups here. We have two tables here, another table back at that doorway, another one over on this side. So if you can make your way during that second song, uh, that would be good. For the believer here, this part of the service is really for you. It also was a time for us to really think and to contemplate what's going on in our lives, to determine in our hearts whether we are in right standing with the Lord and with each other. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that we must examine ourselves as we approach the table. Very important. So this second picture that we view this morning has several things for us to consider and to think about. First, we, we have the bread represented by this small cracker in your cup. The symbol of Christ's body given for us. Then we have this cup of juice, which is again a picture and symbol of Christ's shed blood for us. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. It's pretty remarkable to me, and I'm sure it is to you, that Jesus wants his followers to remember how he died. Uh, in our human experience, we usually try to forget how those we love died, uh, but Jesus wants us to remember this. We want to be, re be, rec be recalling and remembering that he hung on a cross, was nailed there for us. His blood was shed for us. He wants us to look at that picture again and again and remember and be reminded of the cross of Calvary. Now, we don't do this each month over and over again to crucify Christ over and over again. No, because that was done once. But to realize that everything that we have as Christians centers in that once and for all sacrifice. We remember how he died because it's part of the gospel message. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, 4 Paul reminds us, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. This picture of his death is a remembering, not just a simple recalling of historical facts. But what this is, is it is our participation in spiritual realities. The Lord's table is not a monument that we walk around and just admire. No, we remember that we have fellowship with a living Savior. One who died for us, one who was buried for us, who rose for us, who now intercedes for us at the Father's right hand. We have intimate fellowship with him because of what he did for us, and he, we need to remember this regularly. Another part of this picture is that we observe the Lord's Supper until he comes. The return of Jesus Christ is the blessed hope of the church, right? It really is. Jesus not only died for us, but he rose again and ascended to heaven, and one day he will come and receive us unto himself, that where he is, we will be. 
In John chapter 14, Jesus encouraged his disciple with these words, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to that place where I'm going. Again, in our very familiar passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, we read this. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Are you looking forward to that? (laughs) Can you picture that in your mind today? That's what this is all about. And so let's take the bread right now. Take it in your hand and hold it for a moment. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, again in verse 23, we read these words, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And Dantar, I'm going to ask you if you'll just lead us in a word of prayer in thanks for the body of Christ. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, we've seen two pictures this morning. Pictures that are worth far more than a thousand or ten thousand words because They are pictures of eternal truth, (laughs) things that have taken place in our life. Praise be the Lord for what He's done for us. It's a great reminder of how we ought to go from this place and live. This morning we're going to sing one other song together, and then on your way out we wanted to remind you that every time we have a communion service, we have a special offering, which we call our deacon's offering, and that is there so that we can help individuals in our church and in our community And God has given us tremendous opportunity to do that over these weeks and years. And uh, that box is on the Welcome Center uh, out in the foyer as you go out. And you can drop uh, gifts in there as well as your regular offering in the other boxes around. But let's sing together and uh, just rejoice uh, in the life that we have in Jesus Christ.